This is Pastor Fleming from Spooner Baptist Church and giving you the Wednesday message. And my wife just played a verse of a song entitled, More Secure Is No One Ever. No, or More Secure Is No One Ever Than the Loved Ones of the Savior. Not yon star on heaven abiding, on high abiding, nor the bird in home nest hiding. God his own doth tend and nourish. In his holy courts they flourish. Like a father, kind he spares them. In his loving arms he bears them. Today we want to talk about that security. You know, these are discouraging days in one sense. We have the coronavirus. People are sick. People are dying. Thankfully, I've not heard of anyone uh, in our uh, congregation that has uh, contracted this virus. But we have that going on in our country, and it's caused an economic shutdown. Uh, people are unemployed, and some are struggling financially. Schools are closed, and young people are bored. Uh, and uh, they don't know what to do with themselves, and they're eager to get back to, to school. But restaurants are closed, or at least they're minimized. Churches are not meeting. You know, uh, technology is great, but it will never take the place of assemb assembling ourselves together. And then we have government officials seemingly making rules and laws to take away our freedoms. By the way, uh, they're doing it under the guise most of the time as recommendations or guidelines or suggestions. Well, that doesn't sound as bad as making it a crime to do or not to do certain things. And I have to admit, <clears throat> dwelling on these things can be very discouraging. And so in this day of seeming hopelessness, where people are discouraged and wondering what is going to happen from day to day. We especially, we as Christians, need to draw strength from God's Word. And today I want to be very specific concerning the promise of eternal life for the child of God. We're just going to look at one verse found in Titus chapter 1. Just one verse. And generally, we're going to be looking at two aspects of this wonderful teaching from God's Word, but I'll give you three truths in connection with these two areas. The one area is the hope of eternal life, and that it's a hope that is soothing and timely. And then it's a hope that is sure and true. And then we're going to look at the history of eternal life, because eternal life and its origin is from the heart of God. Eternal life and its offering is to the heart of man. So Paul is encouraging Titus here and us that, first of all, this is an anticipated promise. Look at just verse 2 of chapter 1. In hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. This is an anticipated promise. It's hope of eternal life. And if man had produced eternal life, well, we'd be in trouble. But this hope comes from God. 
And in choosing to save souls of man, God originated a plan that would save them freely and eternally. And so if God is involved, it'll be done right. I want you to notice that this, first of all, is a pleasurable thought. It's a pleasurable thought. I find great assurance and inward satisfaction in knowing that I am not only saved, but I'm saved forever. Now, this great truth did not originate in the dark dungeons of the dregs of hell, but in the heart of a holy God before man had ever set one foot upon the piece of sod. And I find much assurance in this biblical truth. Because first of all, it is one that stirs. One that stirs. I may not get stirred over a lot of things, but I can surely get excited over the truth that salvation from the Lord makes me eternally secure. You know, when we look around and see things that make us insecure, it's a great thing. It's a pleasurable thought that we are safe even in the world of crisis. Eternal security is one of the most misunderstood truths inside and outside of our churches. And regardless of the doubters or the disputers, I plan on getting stirred and excited over this divine truth. So it is one that stirs, but also notice it's one that soothes. It's one that soothes. The thought of eternal life is soothing to my soul, to the fact that I do not always feel that I'm saved in spite of the fact that I am saved. You know, in the face of gloom and doom, I'm as saved as the day I made my profession. In life, we may drift in the wrong direction. In spite of this, I'm still saved. I may be miserable, but I'm still eternally saved. It soothes my soul as I live from day to day. And I've observed many people having difficulty in trusting Jesus for salvation. But you know what? I've never observed anyone that's gotten unsaved. It's impossible because once God sets up abode in our hearts, our hope is in him and it's a, a truth that soothes. So it's a pleasurable thought. But also knows it's a preachable truth. It's a pre preachable truth. The thought of eternal security is not just pleasurable, but it's also preachable. You know, I can, I can stand up and proclaim the salvation is free and also forever. You know, a preacher that does not have boldness in preaching this foundational doctrine needs to dig deeper in the scriptures until he can preach the truth in power and assurance. And to stand behind the pulpit, I must dig out the sacred truths. I must must then dish them out so that they're edible and helpful to my listeners to live more effectively for God. And I trust by the grace of God, that's what I'm doing. But notice the preaching of this truth is, and if we look at verse 3, you'll find this, this thought here. I said we're going to look at just one verse, but this is a commentary on verse 2. But hath in due times manifested his word through preaching. And preaching, first of all, is strength for the saint. 
The disciple of God can find much strength in knowing that he's eternally saved and secure without doubt, without dread, without debate. In life, we face various worries and many attacks upon our life. In facing them, God strengthens us with the delightful doctrine of eternal salvation. And then also, it's not only strength for the saint, but it can be salvation for the sinner. The promise of eternal life is not just strength for the saint, but it's salvation for the sinner. The eternal promise is an eternal provision of everlasting life for every lost person that is willing to trust Jesus. Notice a second thought. It is not only an anticipated promise, it is This is an authentic promise. Verse 2, it goes on to say, which God that cannot lie. In our day, we don't know who or what to believe, do we? The politicians and the liberal media have their agenda, and they will say anything to further that agenda. They will slant and even lie to accomplish their will. And here the text states that this promise of eternal life was conceived before the world came into existence, and it's based upon the unerring truths found in the perfect person of an eternal God. It's only an eternal being that we can offer an eternal promise. God is the only one that promises eternal life. It can be found in none other. The eternal birth is the only one that actually offers immediate eternal life. In other realms of life, we find that death begins the very moment of life, but not so with God. Because we find this promise, this authentic promise, is based on the pure character of God. We see his personal holiness The promise of eternal life is believable because it is the pure, holy character of God. The Lord has never lied, and his promises are always true. God swears no oaths because of his pureness and his undeniable words of truth. But also, this promise is based on the proven character of God. And here we see this from past history. You know, if we, go to, if we were to go back and inspect the various promises of God, we would find that he's batting 100% in fulfilling his promises. One must realize that God has his own standard, and this standard is ultimately unrivaled perfection. The past history of God screams loudly to the onlooker that his promises are precisely fulfilled to the smallest and even seemingly insignificant detail. God's character is not only pure, but it's historically proven. And that leads us to a third thought, and that is, this is an ancient promise. We notice here the end of this verse, Titus chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Promised before the world began. In eternity past, before man, before angels, before light, before darkness, the very creator of life conceived the idea of eternal security, 
that could only be attained through the death of his son, he birthed the idea anyway. The fall of man did not take God by surprise, nor did the evil ways of his arch enemy. So God set a divine plan and a divine purpose. And we notice four things here about this ancient promise. First of all, God has foreseen the person of Christ. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 through 20, it says, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. In the eyes of God, Jesus was the sacrificial sacrifice before man even came into existence. In order for one to have eternal life, then one must encounter eternal love. And this was found through the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. It seemed as if man would be doomed for an eternal hell, but God had an eternal plan for life rather than death. And I'm so glad that God could foresee my eternal need of salvation. But then secondly, God has foreseen the passion of Christ. In Revelation 13 and verse 8, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. In the book of Revelation, we find people rejoicing and worshiping the precious Son of God. And this praise is acceptable and acknowledged due to the one that was ordained to pay the price for the sin of this entire world. But not only do we see God has foreseen the person of Christ and the passion of Christ, but he's foreseen the people of Christ. Ephesians 1.4, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. It is not to go unnoticed that an eternal God would extend the eternal salvation to a fallen human race. And in doing this, God was not, nor is he now, surprised at those who have trusted in Jesus for this fountain of eternal life. It has often been stated that tomorrow's news will be old news to God. And then lastly, God has foreseen the prize of Christ. In Matthew 25 and verse 34, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. You see, this is an ancient promise, but it's just as real today as it was when it was made. The knowledge of God foresaw the sacrificial death of his son and the wonderful salvation of those who would receive him. It also foreknew that one day he would take us to a place where he would prepare for us And I do not know what my mansion will look like, but God had it on his heavenly agenda before the world was even perceived. 
You know, I hope that we will not take this doctrine of eternal security lightly. It was important to God before the world was spoken into existence. It was so important that God allowed his only son to die on the cross for us. It was so important that God had already made plans for our plans, for our future existence, even before we were born. Eternal security is of the utmost importance to God. I wonder how important is it to you? Well, don't be discouraged. Be encouraged from the promises of God in his precious word. This is a wonderful heavenly hope in a time of earthly crisis. Let's pray. <clears throat> Our Father in heaven, thank you for your promise of eternal life. We thank you that this is a great hope that we have. Even when things look dim and discouraging around us in the day we live, we pray that we'll be encouraged by this wonderful promise. Thank you, Lord, for the security we can have in the Lord Jesus Christ. The fact that he paid the price for our sin. And he was buried and he rose again. That we might have that promise of eternal life. Lord, bless this brief lesson to our hearts. And help us to continue to be encouraged and live for you in these days, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. My heart can sing when I pause to remember a heartache here is but a stepping stone along a trail that's winding always upward. This troubled world is not my final home. But until then, my heart will go on singing. Until then, with joy I'll carry on until the day my eyes behold the city until the day God calls me home this weary world with all its toil and struggle may take its of misery and strife. The soul of man is like a waiting falcon. When it's released, it's destined for the skies.
earth will dim and lose their value if we recall their borrowed for a while and things of earth that cause our hearts to tremble remember there will only bring a smile but until then my heart will go on singing until then with joy I'll carry on until the day my eyes behold the city until